Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we've got a listener question. Yeah, so um, basically the question was, would we break down how we spend our, and I'm putting this in quotes, 20 hours a week um, working on our business? Um, And what he was really interested in is, what do we do every week, every quarter, uh, every year? How do we fit in the, the big things that don't sort of naturally fit into a week, like designing a course or writing a book? I mean, he was looking for as much detail as we would be willing to share mm-hmm. okay little did yeah. he know <laughs> <laughs> little did he know there's very little detail to share because <laughs> so uh yeah i'm i'm totally game for this um the i think the i don't think about it consciously on a weekly basis it's more of a it's something i think about kind of at the beginning of the year like what's my strategic what's going to might be my strategy for the coming year um last year i you know what is it it was end of 2021 into 2022 i was like ah, i want to i want to get my hours down the hours that i'm doing client work, what i would consider to be client work down from seven to four and have that extra time freed up for writing so you know just sort of like okay and what would i do what will get me there and i just started doing those things so I don't really think about it all the time, but I've just I created, I, I set a goal, I created a system that I thought would lead to that goal, and then I just worked the system. So there's not much to, <laughs> I mean, well, wait, I'm going to... Let's, let's flip it around, though. Let's mm-hmm. let's go from the small to the big, because I think, I think sometimes in a weird way it's easier, because I get what you're saying. I do the same thing. We've got this annual, how are we doing? What do we want to do to be different? Mm-hmm. But I think what happens for a lot of people is we get caught in the weeds, like what? How am I going to get through this week with client deliverable X? Right. Or so, like, on a typical in a typical week, what are the kinds of things that you're doing to work on your business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got two things that that keep me on track, that keep the system running. One is my to do list, and the other one is my calendar. And my to do list is a daily recurring list. Most there's a couple of weekly recurring things, but it's daily recurring stuff. It's it's personal or life and business it's all like the stuff i have to do so i don't i mean it just happens every day and like like i'm just gonna read it and it's gonna be boring but i'll but for people who like this seems like some mysterious thing um here's here's my daily list uh 100 push-ups 100 sit-ups uh drink six glasses of water fast for 12 hours floss teeth practice blocks practice defenses practice forms that's all karate Send email, stretch, take vitamin D. That's my whole list. I do every day, <laughs> right? That's and how many how many business things are on there? One, I think one. Right. Yeah, for your list. Send the email. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. So that's that's how I keep myself from going insane. Is that list of stuff, and and you know, because I because I mean most most of it's health stuff, and. I, I need that or I'll go nuts. Like I need, like that's all stuff that you just need to do. And uh, if I was like feeling lethargic and out of shape, that would, that would affect my emotional state. So I, you could, you could stretch and say, well, that's work related in a sense, but you know, sending the email is the only thing on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my calendar, let's just look at this week. Um, yesterday was a holiday and I did, I would have had one call yesterday, but we moved it. 
So Tuesday's my busy day, right? I've got one you client. You have me? I have one, <laughs> right. I have, but here's here's why it's busy. So we've got uh, every week, TVOA. Then I have a weekly client call. It's an hour. Uh, Is that the one that's just before this? This one right after. The, the just before mm-hmm. one was a coaching client that uh, graduated. Um, yeah, so that's my busy day. <laughs> and I don't even count this as work. Like this is not client work. So so this this phone call. But it's building your business. I mean, and it is fun. I, I like it too. But yeah. it's, it, it goes in the building your business thing. Yeah, that's fair. And, and we spend like probably, you know, for, for a 45 minute episode, we probably talk for two hours every time, like, <laughs> cons- you know, coaching each other or like, what, you know, what, what about this? Or, hey, did you ever notice? Right. And, you know, so we just sort of, or, or like talk about how I spent way too much money on wood this weekend. <laughs> 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 I, I I know I'm going to see that coming up in an email. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I've got, um, so, so, yeah. So, noon, I've got this. At 2, I've got a client call. At 3.30, I've got uh, Jim. At 5, I've got a podcast I'm doing with my brother that has nothing to do with business. Uh, and then I get in the car to take Cooper to karate. I mean, it's like, that's my busy day. And there's like one client call. Do you count Saturdays and Sundays? I'm just curious because I, I know that you're you're writing on Saturdays and Sundays and sending to your list. So I think we almost have to. Well, let me. I'll finish going through the calendar and then and then we'll talk about email specifically because that's probably the thing that everyone thinks is like the giant time suck. Um, tomorrow I have literally nothing. Uh, Thursday, every other Thursday I do. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Thursday I do uh, a Ditcherville live crowdcast mm-hmm. Q&A session so that's that's upcoming this week so that's uh that's the bulk of that's I would consider that client work even though it's a group session but it's an appointment I have to show up for I have to like like look presentable the camera's on all that stuff so that's definitely that's definitely not working on the business that's working in the business and you know that starts at 1 it usually goes for 60 to 90 minutes and then it takes me about an hour to wrap up after that so what's that one call it two and a half hours mm-hmm. uh, and then Friday because we had a holiday this week I've got two client calls normally it would be one on Monday and one on Friday so uh, and that's and and a lot of those the my private coaching calls they're every other week so so next week I wouldn't have either one of those calls so next week is actually lighter than this week okay so so mm-hmm. that's so how many appointments? You know, appointments I was still I was still thinking about the every other week because it, it means that you don't have a vacation if you don't do it like the first and third or the second and fourth. Like, But if I guess if you pile everything into that every other week, then you can plan. Did you hear what my schedule looks like? I don't need a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us do. Yeah, some of us oh, like to get away. Okay, every once in a while, I do, you know, it's somewhat common over the past 10 or 12 years that we've had an annual retreat where for like a family thing, and uh-huh. and several of the years, it was we were so far north in Maine at a hunting cabin that there was no internet. The only electricity came from a diesel generator that they would only run periodically to charge up a, a shed full of car batteries. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was just like canoeing and campfires and acoustic guitar by the fire. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was wait wait. I mean, it was like a ten hour drive. You know, uh, like 50 miles from any gas station, never mind, you know, <laughs> to cell phone perception. Anyway, so yeah, so, you know, you just, you just 
it's so easy. You just shuffle it. You know, you just say like, hey, hey, Jeff, can we just push our call out a week? It, it's no big deal. Like, so if, so if we have, um, if we have, every, you know, in, in every other week cadence with a private coaching student and one of us is going on vacation, we just push it out a week. The whole schedule. Right. We just extend, right. we just have like a, th- a, a, a two, well, I guess it would be a three week break in between two calls. It's like trivial. So now I was thinking more of the group stuff, you know, where you've got a bunch of people that are relying on that date. Those are the ones you can't move like your Ditcherville. Yeah, it's got, but it's got plenty of advance notice. I, I've never needed to do it. It's hilariously, I, I always, it's like never landed on a Thanksgiving ever. I don't know how that's possible. Like eventually it must have to land on a Thanksgiving, <laughs> but it never has. So I would just move it. It's not a big deal. Like at, at the end of each, at the end of each uh, session, one of the wrap up things that I do is I schedule the next one. And if there was going to be some kind of, um, some kind of conflict, I would just do, I would just, I would either say, you know, hey, I'll just do one next week instead of waiting two weeks in between and then have a three week break. I really don't think anyone would care, but I'm sure people who are in Ditcherville listen so they can let me know what they think, but it's never been a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if now I know you, you know, if you wanted to go away for a month, then it would be like, okay, how are we going to do this? And I would just come up with something clever to do, yeah, you know, just come yeah. up. With like, oh, we'll just do it audio out. only, or I'll do it from the, I don't know, the pool in Vegas. Like where, just like, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's Q and A. So it's not like, as long as I have an internet connection and, and people were like, I mean, people are cool. Like the people in Ditcherville are cool. So it's like, it's like. You I just don't, take your show on the road. Yeah. Just do it on the road. I think people yeah. probably find it funny. I mean, I, the, the, the place where I air quotes shoot it now is like not a feast for the eyes. So (laughs) it's not like just like a white wall behind me. You're going to get back to your Slack channel and they're going to be like, Jonathan, go on the road. We want something different in the background. Right. right. More travel, please. (laughs) Right. So yeah, it's it's not. Talk about the weekends though. I want to hear how you think about your Saturday and Sunday. Like are they, are they days where you think about work or it's just about the email? So this is a tough question to answer because it's not the answer. It's like that question doesn't even make sense. So to me, like I'm always thinking about the email always. It's like everything that happens to me is potential fodder for, for an email. It's like when I used to be like seriously writing songs all the time, it was never, there was, it's, there was a part of my brain that was never not looking for lyrics. Mm-hmm. Always. I had a piece of, this is a pre-cell phone. You know, this is like in the nineties. So I would have a piece of paper and a pencil in my pocket at all times. And when I was whatever, doing my warehouse job or whatever I was doing, when something would occur to me or a snippet of music or something, I would just write it down immediately. So was I working on it? No, it, it doesn't feel like work. It's daydreaming. It's just daydreaming. So like, you know, I've been That's talking for about- your- Less for your list, though. So I, I want to mm-hmm. separate these two things. I want to be okay. really clear. So there's the list. Mm-hmm. And when I say the list, I mean the email that you're going to send to the list and whether that's work or not and how you do that. And then there's also what I just called work, which to me, what I'm saying is where you're working on the business. I, I guess it doesn't have to feel like work, but I guess that's kind of my question is, are you doing anything on the weekends that feels like work? No, never. Nothing I do feels like work. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know that's not the spirit of the question. 
So, yeah, I'm just trying to get it for people that aren't in your mindset yet. I want them to kind of see what that looks like because it is, it's a very specific lifestyle that you have. I mean, it's awesome. And I, I, I just want to help our listeners yeah. kind of get inside that a little bit. I feel like the question reveals an assumption that it has to be hard. It has to be a thing that I mm-hmm. force myself to do. And, yeah. and it's, it's not, it's not, it never, I don't think it ever was. There might've been like when I used to write weekly, that was work. That was white knuckled, writer's block, torture, up late, just terrible. But when you switch to always, it's so much easier because, you know, I've been talking about um, involuntary thoughts and exposure to stimuli and stuff on my mailing list the past couple of weeks. And the thing, and we talked about it at length on the last show where I created the conditions that caused me to daydream about stuff that makes me money <laughs> like <laughs> down the road. But it's, that's not, I'm not thinking like, Hmm, how am I going to make money today? I always think the same thing. How am I going to help the audience today? Mm-hmm. How can right. I help a bunch of people I like at scale for free? And I came up with this email list thing. I, and I, it's not me saying it helps people. I get emails back from people and I get success stories from people. And like, this came at just the perfect time. You revolutionized my business before my business was like this before js it was like this after js it was like that so i i'm not it's not like ego that i'm like oh i i'm sure this is going to help someone people are telling me it's helping so mm-hmm. there's a leap of faith that eventually they're going to buy my book eventually they're going to buy my course eventually they're going to go into private coaching or something eventually maybe three years maybe never so there's a leap right. of faith there all i'm thinking about is what it, it's like a puzzle or a riddle or something that my brain just loves playing with. How am I going to say this more effectively? What's a better metaphor for this? What would be, um, what you know, what happened to me in my day that reveals this underlying mindset that needs to be flipped? So it's just, it's like, a, it's like I, I always loved logic games and puzzles and, and uh, I, you know, I, I just still do that. I just like found a way to do that in a way that helps other people instead of just satisfies my curiosity or or uh, mm-hmm. passes the time. So the daily email, so just, just to give you a specific example, on Sundays I send out the comic. And the way that I do that is I have a weekly to do on Friday that is think up Ditcherville comic because it's really hard to do the comic on the fly. It's because I, I want it to be funny. It's really hard for me to be funny like <laughs> at the drop of a hat. So I really need to think of something. And if I haven't thought of it by Friday, then I need to really be thinking about it. And that's like, that's like, what's going on in the back of my mind when I'm cleaning the grill or taking a shower or okay. working on something in the garage. That's the thing that's going in the back of my mind. So so then I, when I've come up with one, I do the same thing I do with all of my email ideas. I create a draft in my Gmail and I put Didgerville in the subject line so, so I can find mm-hmm. it really easily on Sunday. Yep. So then this Sunday, I, my to-do was crossed off. So I, I didn't remember, I didn't remember thinking of it. I didn't remember what the joke was. I just knew that the to-do was crossed off. So then on Sunday, and it was a holiday weekend. And, and in fact, I had a ton of stuff to do to open up our, our campsite in the woods, tons of stuff. It was very busy. And I was like, oh, Sunday, I think it was, people might've noticed it came out pretty late because I was like out fixing our screen house all day. And I came back, I knew the to-do was crossed off. So I knew there was something in my drafts folder. And you know, so I was like, oh, I've got, you know, I just finished doing something or just got out of the shower, whatever. 
and nobody was around. They were all off doing their thing. So I go into the bedroom, crank open the computer and look at my drafts folder. Sure enough, there was one in there. It was a three liner, which is a fast one because they only have to do one row. And I opened up my little program, you know, my uh, Acorn program where I do the comic. Boom, boom, boom. Uploaded it. I've got a bunch of, you know, uh, like a checklist and uh, some copy paste stuff that I do. And 10 minutes. The whole thing took 10 minutes. So the actual production piece took me 10 minutes. I actually, I, I looked at my, I was like, I wonder how long this takes me to do. So a three panel or a not, uh, sorry, a, like a six panel or a nine panel. Sometimes I even have a 12 or 15. Those take longer because you just mm-hmm. have to copy more and you draw more lines, but, um, but they don't take much longer. Uh, so, you know, so the fastest, probably 10 minutes, it takes me to actually go from taking the joke out of the Gmail drafts folder and then like publishing the thing. So is that work? That's, I wouldn't call that client. It's not client work. I guess it's working on the business, but it feels way more like a hobby to me. It it feels like, Mm -hmm. like I spent way more work building a a bird cage this weekend, (laughs) you know? So if that sounds like work to you, you're probably thinking about it in the wrong way, or maybe you're thinking about it in the wrong way. It doesn't have to be this thing that you hate. It could be a, that you have to make yourself do, you know, like flossing. I, I would love to stop flossing. It's not fun. I, I get no enjoyment out of flossing. I just like that my teeth don't fall out. But with the, the email stuff, I love doing that. The podcasting, I love podcasting. The whole question of like, how much time do you spend working? It doesn't compute because it feels like none. Well, because everything that I've heard, so there's a very clear mindset that you have here. And I think that's what people respond to. It's like, oh yeah, I want work to be fun. And the model that, you, that you've designed for yourself, I think of it as integrated. That's the word I would use, mm-hmm. where your life and your, and your work, in quotes, are all integrated. The day flows and you have some of both. And there, there are, are people listening to this podcast, I'm sure, who have very much segmented so this is my work time and this is my family time. So they're more segmented. I found generally with soloists that I work with, there's much more of a flow because we can. Mm-hmm. Like what's the whole point of like leaving, you know, quote unquote, secure uh, corporate employment to do this thing? I mean, y- you want to have some time and some freedom. But yeah. it, really, to me, that's the that's the thread in what you're saying is this mindset that you have of how you look at what you're doing and serving your audience. Yeah. And that and by the way, that was a 100 percent conscious decision in 2006 when I went solo. I was like. I'm not going to have a work calendar and a home calendar. I'm going to have one calendar. This is the, mm-hmm. These are my appointments. This is where I have to be. I have one email address. I don't have a work email yeah. and a personal email. That's And I was 100% conscious because I was like, I want, I, I was, it, this bring, you know, that brings up the retirement thing. Like, I don't think about that. I just don't think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to exit. I'm not going to sell the business. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's a bad idea for someone else, but that's just not, I, w- I wouldn't have anything to do. I'd be so bored, you know? <laughs> so I have a former client like that who's turning 80 mm. and he's still doing this stuff yeah. and loving it. Now he's not doing it, you know, 24 seven. He's not doing it even, you know, it's probably not even doing 20 hours a week unless he decides to write another book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, you can, when you're doing what you love, you can do it for as long as you want to, as long as it's still fun and, and feels good, you know, gives you some kind of a return on your investment. And that doesn't have to be money. Mm-hmm. We tend to think of it that way, but it could be other things as well. 
Yeah. Just to keep you sharp and vital and important. Important. Like, not important is the wrong word. Relevant. Relevant. Thank you. That That's yeah. exactly the word. Um, like, what do you... I mean, I can already feel myself getting irrelevant in all things cultural. So, you know, <laughs> to be able to at least, you know. So, right. I mean, that's... That's it. I mean, well, what are other things to do? I mean, I, I check in. Another thing that takes up um, time, but again, and, and I would, it, it would be a stretch for me to not characterize it as work, but, you know, corresponding with people in my various workshops and in uh, mm-hmm. and So like Slack, basically. So how much time do I spend in Slack? I don't know. Less time than anyone listening probably spends on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Well, it's, it's kind of your social media in a way. Exactly. So I don't, I don't go to Instagram. I don't go to TikTok. I don't go to Twitter. I don't go to, I go to Slack. And in Slack, I know that it's not going to be a, um, a cesspool of doom scrolling. It's going to be people who are genuinely trying to, achieve, you know, make their businesses better. And okay, let's talk about that. So yeah. So, so again, I mean, I get, it could be I'm dodging the question, but that doesn't feel like work to me either. It feels like fun. And not only that, but it gives me ideas for emails. So like the whole thing just kind of, it it's creates an ecosystem. the flywheel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. And I, and I asked the, the question and I'm using the word word work very intentionally mm-hmm. because there's so many different ideas around what work really is and mm-hmm. you know and how you integrate it with the rest of your life yeah yeah and there's the and there's the right there's the labor connotation like it must be toil you know exactly right exactly it has to be you know, working for demand you know it has uh-huh. to be it has to be bad so I'm trying to think how to speaking of helpful i'm trying to think about how to be so when i was doing consulting it was different because i had to travel to do speaking engagements and occasionally for client reasons, uh, you know, call it quarterly, maybe quarterly trips to client sites and, and monthly, you know, like 10 months out of the year, you know, 10 or 12, you know, flights to go speak at a conference or something. So write books, speak at conferences and land advisory retainers with, you know, biggish companies. So that, that felt, that was not a lot of labor. It was very low labor. It was mostly like, you know, people just had this hotline to my brain because they had some big mobile project and mobile was still new. They didn't know what to do. They didn't want to waste a ton of money or really mostly what they cared about was just making a bad strategic decision, going the wrong direction, painting themselves into a corner, um, losing the insurance policy. Yeah. So I was an insurance policy and that was great. And uh, so so my week actually didn't look that much different. Back then, I used to, had the same house, live in the same house I'm in now. Um, I would walk down to Starbucks. There's like a little village square near my house. I'd walk down there. I'd catch up with all of the cutting edge podcasts and news in the space, whatever Apple's doing, whatever Google was doing. So I'd kind of just educate myself. Uh, Maybe I had a phone call with someone that, you know, one of the clients is like, oh, could I jump on the phone with you? Whatever. Yeah. Grab a time here. Uh, Then I'd walk around, go get lunch, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, but yes, but I did have 6am black car come and pick me up to go to the airport once a month, which I hated. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, when, when I pivoted away from mobile consulting, I didn't hate it at first, but I I came to really not look forward to any of that stuff. Uh, So 
once I did that pivot, I was like, I'm not, that's not going to be a piece of it. So podcasting became much more important because it kind of serves a similar purpose to speaking at conferences. They're not exactly mm-hmm. the same, of course, but bang for the buck wise, podcasting is a lot more my speed these days. So yeah, it was, so for folks that are listening that are on that sort of book speaking, uh, consulting circuit, there's going to be more minutiae or maybe more things that are definitely work. Like if you don't like flying around, that definitely feels like work. Um, so well, it's also who's pulling the strings, I think. Um, you know, when you're consulting, you've got to deliver. If you're consulting to big corporates and you're dealing with teams of people, you've got to be flexible about when to meet and when to get things delivered. And especially if you're doing any kind of change, organizational change work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're a little bit of a Gumby um, <laughs> trying to make sure you get everything done. So I think that's part of it. It's like you're like the after picture Jonathan, for an authority business where you can do some things at scale versus a consulting business, let's call it a solo consulting business, where there is no scale and you may have lots of revenue potential, but your time isn't necessarily your own. That's the big difference for me is that there were that I had a small number of big clients and there was one time I probably told the story before I was on vacation, family vacation in in the middle of nowhere in, in like central Michigan, uh, you know, on pontoon boats on the pond around the lake. <laughs> and uh, a big client was like, we need you at the meeting tomorrow in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of had to go. It was I mean, I mm-hmm. could have said no, but the you know, it was like 10 grand a month for a year, it, like to do almost nothing except for that one flight and a couple of phone calls. So I was going to get on the plane. And so I just 24 hours, I never slept. I just drove to the nearest airport, which was like three hours away, flew to Germany, got off the plane, went to the meeting with my suitcase, went out to dinner with everybody after, went back to my hotel late. And I was like, if I go to sleep, I'm going to miss my flight. So I just went straight to the airport and never, never even used my hotel room and flew back. (laughs) So that, that kind of stuff, that was the most extreme example that ever happened to me, but you're, there were once a month you're on somebody else's clock and I didn't like it. You know, even though I really, I I loved my clients. Like I had clients who were super fun, still friends. Um, but when you're on somebody else's clock, it just, I just, I'm too old for it or whatever. I've set my ways. I don't know what it is. I just don't like, okay, here's your itinerary. Here's what, here's where you're going to be from six to seven. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, that little that feeling inside? And the, the reason I wanted to make that distinction is because, you know, I work with a lot of people who are doing the consulting thing and they're ready to do something different. Yeah. Right. So they're like, how do I reduce the amount of time I consult? And by the way, that has a direct hit on their income. And then make time to be able to write a book or to develop this course or build an audience outside my one-to-one client relationships. So when I look at my like day-to-day schedule, it looks very different than it did say five years ago mm-hmm. when I was doing you know a lot of consulting. And it, while I wouldn't call it execution work, I did tend to refer to it that. It was strategy, but I, I had a couple of clients that would call me when things went bad. And I don't mean in a coaching way. I mean, help fix this, do this. And it drove me insane. Mm-hmm. And since I've you know, moved 100% to 
coaching and I have some group options as well, it's it's reflected in my day-to-day business. So when I look at like my version of the calendar, of the weekly calendar, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, on Monday mornings, no meetings ever. That's my writing time for the emails for the week. Done lock and load by uh, by at the latest, and usually it's just because I was late at the gym or I overslept, <laughs> um, it'll be done by a little bit after noon. And Tuesday, you know, our days coincide. We do this every Tuesday. And I block out my calendar right after we're done for the things that I have to do related to the podcast to get it locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. And when that's done, you know, that's it for my, my work for uh, building the business for Tuesdays. And then um, really the rest of the week, it's, it's looking at it's individual coaching calls, which is not building the business. That's, you know, being in the business. I've got two group things that I do. I have the Soloist Women Mastermind that meets twice a month and the Authority Nation group coaching that meets twice a month. And, you know, I'm dropping in on the slacks. I am checking social media. Not a lot. It's mostly Twitter. And I'll, I'll usually stay there for five minutes, not any longer than that. Yeah. And then, you know, just in this year, I've done... Uh, two listening tours. I'm, I'm not sure. I think I'm done with the second one. I, I'm going to, I feel done, but I want to make sure I'm really done. And so on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I've had a bunch of one-to-one calls, half hour to 45 minutes, where I'm just asking questions. And that's definitely an investment in my business. I want to hear what they're working on, how they learn, how they want to grow their business, what their challenges are, those kinds of things. And it's, it's, and it's super simple. And there's nothing on my calendar related to work for Saturday and Sunday, but it never leaves my brain. I'm always thinking about things. And like you, I'm always looking for fodder. Like sometimes when we get together on Tuesdays, we have a very clear idea of what we're going to do. And other times we don't. Yeah. And so we just yeah. start talking about what's happened in the last week to see what angle might be interesting for the audience. That's what's funny about the weekly thing. And that's why I have to put it to do in my calendar for the Ditcherville comic, because on week on a weekly basis, I don't get that automatic. Like, I'm always thinking about ideas and a lot of them could, you know, for the email list and a lot of them could turn into uh, a TBOA episode, but not always. So it, it's funny that, right. right, like, like you can get you can, you know, we have to kind of brainstorm a little bit. There's something I know it sounds counterintuitive, but daily is just easier for 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 me and for everybody I've ever convinced to take the leap. I mean, you you made the jump, but you write them all on you write them all at once, like once a week, right? That's well, what and I, I and I'm not doing daily anymore. I, I did it for a, a while, and here's my you and I have different philosophies about daily. I think daily writing is wonderful for building authority, and I'm not going to talk about publishing. I'm talking about writing because mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't figured out what their point of view is, and until you start writing or speaking, and that could be podcasting or vid- video, but until you do that, you haven't really had a chance to work with it, and so then you've got to publish it on some regular basis, which can be daily. Absolutely, I'm not saying don't do daily, but there are a lot of people who are doing work for big corporates, and those people are not going to read a daily email. Some <laughs> will. 
if you're interesting enough and you're different enough but yeah so so my thing is figure out what it is your area of expertise is going to be who is your audience who do you care about kind of to your point earlier on you're you've got these people in your head mm-hmm. all the time who do you want to give pride of place in your head to and yeah. then what is it that you want to write about and talk about and, and teach people about and then let that and your audience drive how often you publish. And it could be every day. It could be, I have a few clients that publish three times a week. Um, I have one that publishes once a month. Mm. And for for that person's audience, that works. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. So like, and I know, I know a few, a few people who I would consider daily that just do Monday through Friday. So, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever, I, the thing with me, me, okay, maybe it's just me or the my type of brain, but having a non-daily cadence of any kind r- like shuts that, that process, that magical process shuts off. So yeah. for yeah. me, it's like even, that's why I don't schedule them in advance either. Because as soon as I do that, then it's just like, oh, I can stop thinking about it for, oh, I'm covered for the next two days or three days or five days. I've done that occasionally, uh, like when I'll write, I'll be on a roll and I'll write like three right in a row. And then I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I'll schedule them out. And then, and then I, and then you forget about and the then first forget. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what you mean. Well, there's there's a danger in that too from your 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 life perspective if you never get a moment to not think about it. Now, I get that you love that. I'm not saying you should change anything. Um I think for some of us and I put myself in this camp, it's so tempting to always think about it. And then it's hard to go on vacation and I like to go places and explore and I want to be in the moment with where I am. And it's really hard to put everything on hold, go and do that and then come back and start up again. It's like if you go away for a week, it takes two weeks to get back into the into the groove. And the mm. way you've structured yours, you don't have to worry about that, right? If you go right. somewhere, you're still going to do it. You've totally 100% integrated it into the way that you live and yeah so that's like one end of the spectrum and we know what the opposite end is and I think there's a lot of points in between and I think we each have to find that kind of right balance and I I also see that it changes I see people with kids when the kids go off to college and how they think about what they're doing changes Mm. in either direction they want to work more or less it you know you never know yeah. And well, and just to clarify, it's like, it's not that, it's not that, you know, uh, my wife's talking to me and I'm, I'm thinking about the email. <laughs> <Today's> <laughs> you email. better not be. <laughs> right. It's not like that at all. It's, it's those moments. It's those idle moments where your brain would start thinking about the latest celebrity trial and how that's going. Uh, when you're just kind of, when your mind's wandering or, you know, like we've talked before about like it's doing dishes is like a key piece mm-hmm. or, you know, any kind of yeah. like exercise or or working with your hands stuff like that when you're occupied but your hands are occupied but your brain's not that is that's when you're when i've been thinking about this a lot lately so it's i've I've noticed something i was driving um i was driving somewhere recently to do an errand and it was an area i was unfamiliar with so i was a little bit lost and uh, i'd been there once but I was like, is this the turn? It had been a while. And so it was kind of like, 
and I noticed that um, I noticed that there was a period of time as when I still knew where I was and I was kind of on autopilot where I was like, I know, I know how to get at least this far for sure. Mm -hmm. And then once I get off the highway, that's when it gets weird. And when I got off the highway, my brain kind of re-engaged with what I was doing. I realized, yes, right. I realized that, that my, my train of thought up until that point had been almost like dreaming. It was completely outside of my conscious control for, for 10 minutes or so. It was just freewheeling gymnastics, topic to topic to topic, you know, like, oh, I saw that road sign or, or like, and that reminds me of this. And that reminds me of this. And that reminds me of this. But it was, it was happening almost below the level of consciousness. And, and that's the kind of time I usually use for uh, like email stuff. Look, when your brain is just wandering, I'll just have it wander in a direction instead of going around in circles or spiraling out of control. So it's not like I'm constantly, you know, I don't want it to come across like, you know, if people are in conversation with me, I'm actually thinking about today's email while their lips are moving. Um, It's not that at all. It's, It's that throughout the course of my day, I have tons of time when my brain can just wander. And yeah. if I was doing a lot of client work, that would not be the case because I would be I would be spending like back when way back when I used to code, you couldn't think about something else at the same time. Like I couldn't I couldn't even listen to music. I had to right. just like really focus on what I was doing. It doesn't Your brain t- wanders for the client, right? When you're right, exactly. when you're doing that, and and really one of the the pieces of this question was like, how do you make time for a book? I found it really hard when I had a lot of client work to make the space, the mental space to think about a book. Yeah, where you had both really, the time and energy. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't that I couldn't make the time. Like I could still carve out an hour here and there. I, I mean, there's no reason why I couldn't have done it with a full client load because I, I, I never booked myself, you know, so crazily, you know, as a soloist anyway, I certainly did in big firms. But um, yeah, it's just you start to think about that and you've you there's – so much of your brain just, at least for me, I should just make it about me in this particular mm-hmm. case. It's my brain would just explode because I'm worried about, you know, 10 different things on these clients. I'm like, have I done this? Is this gotten done? Is so-and-so yeah. done this? Have they done this piece? Is this done? And it's like all that noise is about that versus now the noise is about my business, <laughs> right? Tough shift. It, yeah, it's yeah, it is it is really different. So let's talk about how are there things that you do monthly in terms of working on your business? Is there like a review process that you yeah. do or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the first of the month, which is coming up tomorrow as we record this, uh, I have a monthly recurring to do. I know that's going to shock you. Uh, <laughs> Not going to shock me. Let's see what's on that. Um, again, it's a mix of life and business. Uh, give the dog her heart medicine, um, make sure the, you know, the mortgage is paid, um, prune my mailing list. That's so that's a work one, prune the mailing list. So go through and people that aren't opening or aren't engaged or, you know, just like move them off of the main list and put them on a re-engagement campaign, see if they're actually still there. Uh, and do my income projections where I, I look at the back, you know, the, the income from the preceding month. And I put it in a spreadsheet that kind of projects out into the future, how things are looking, if I need to step on the gas or, 
or take my foot off the gas or do, you know, make some change, uh, maybe notice a trend, you know, if something's trending down, that's normally stable or trending up or whatever. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's all. I mean, and that takes maybe half an hour. Yeah, probably. Not yeah, I, I do something similar. It's a I do it in two parts because the first part is I have a a to do on the first as soon as my bank statements come through. So I have to, you know, download those and send them off to the bookkeeper. And I have a a document with my accounting notes for things that I've you know purchased or like weird things in my in my bank accounts mm-hmm. over the course of that month. And I send it off. And I don't really think about the revenue until I get the report back from them. Is that mm-hmm. then that becomes kind of my to do? Okay, now I'm going to look at this, and so I'll I'll look at last month. How does this look? Um, how does the year look? Is there anything I need to do in terms of what I'm paying myself? How I'm setting aside money? Um, I'll look and just like quickly think: Do I need to make any changes in investment mix for? Uh, my 401k and personal too, for that matter. I just, I like to, for me, that first of the month is that time when you're looking at all the money. Mm. How does everything look? And are we on track for the year? Um, And I also bill clients on the first. Mm -hmm. Cool. I mean, yeah, that's like the one day, one day of the month you got to do your adulting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have a lot of the stuff you just listed, I have either handed off or done in a different way. The, The income projection thing's for me is um, is more about seeing, seeing if I'm, it's less about seeing if I'm on track for revenue. It's more about seeing if I'm on track for my strategic goal for the year. And so like this year, I'm changing my mix. So, you know, and I had, you know, last year I had best year ever. The year before that, I had the best year ever. So I'm purposely taking a big revenue hit this year to rearrange my mix which is brutal to like, you know, it's, it's brutal to see like a, a, a red negative number on my year over year mm-hmm. revenue. It hurts. But yeah. I had to rearrange my Stripe dashboard. <laughs> so that wasn't the first chart because it was killing me every time. But that's, that, that's the idea though. That was the plan. I knew that was going to happen and I don't, I didn't need that much money, but it's still, it feels like it's trending down. But then what I, what I really did, I mean, what I really want is to see my, number of customers number going up mm-hmm. you see what i mean so like yeah so different yeah. mix right less for each one but more more right. people right so like right now my annual revenue is down like 40 percent and Ouch. It, yeah it'll 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 probably land around 30 I, that my guess for the year will land about 30 percent down uh year over year but my number of customers number is up 250 percent right now so well, that's huge Right. And, and like, that's the, that's, and, and that just, the idea is that that will be a much more stable, less spiky. I, I, I expect no spikes. I expect like a slow and steady progression uh, of this sort of flywheel effect. And I mean, people are, I'm still getting, you know, people in my wins channel in Slack saying like, wow, I got to share this. Everybody. It's unbelievable. Like it's, it's still working. It's not like I'm um, watering stuff down to spread it thinner across more people. So it just feels like it's working, but the, the, uh, yeah, that negative red number is like, oh man, could I hide that? that, That's, that's why I want to point that out because what you described is what a pivot can look like. Yeah. And I don't know if you think of this as a pivot or Mm -hmm. a mini pivot, but yeah, it's like when, if, if you have a full client load and you decide you want to write a book, 
you probably are going to have to drop a client or say no to a new one, depending on how you, you know, cycle and recycle your clients. It's you've got to find a way to do that. And a lot of times it does have a revenue hit. So you take a hit now to make more later or to do more of what you love, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you decide I'm not so worried about revenue. I'm more worried about my, you know, my health and what I'm doing for a living and how much I'm enjoying it. Or I'm more worried about reaching this audience that really means something to me. I have a mission that I really want to make happen. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. And it's scary when you see that revenue drop. (laughs) I mean, look at you. You just said you rearranged the stuff on your dashboard so it wasn't the first thing you saw because it's hard to see red or a downward yeah, right. You always, you always want up and to the right, but but it's so it is a pivot. The pivot isn't in in the. I definitely consider it a pivot. Normally, when I use that word, it's about something really fundamental to the business, like the target market. You're going to switch to a different audience, uh, mm-hmm. or you're going to change your discipline. Like I'm not going to be a developer anymore. I'm going to be a consultant. I'm not going to be a consultant anymore. I'm going to be uh, a coach. You know what? You know, like a, a pivot like mm-hmm. that. For me, the the content solar system hasn't changed. The audience hasn't changed. The thing that's changing is my product service mix. Yep. And it's it's less one-on-one. I, I, I like one-on-one, but it's, you know, it's not in support of the mission to the extent that group and more automated product yeah, things are. So it doesn't scale. doesn't scale the, the impact. So I want to spread the message to more people, you know, and that means that I have to sell a lot more of things that are much less expensive, which is in line with the strategy. Like mm-hmm. for everybody yep. to be able to afford it, for me to be able to continue to do as much free stuff as humanly possible, that's in line with the mission. And you know, helping instead of that, helping 10 or 20 people a year one-on-one move the needle a lot more is, it, it does not really in line with the mission. So I'm just, you know, I just have a lot fewer of those um, than in the past. So it's not like a, but it does feel like a big pivot because of course, like that's the, those are the really high ticket engagements. So, you know, you only have to sell a few of them to have a really good year. So it's, you know, it's frustrating. Frustrating is the wrong word. It's just, it's just that red number, <laughs> that negative <laughs> red number. Just like, yeah. oh, it, it makes you, um, you know, it just makes you go, oof. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a process, but that goes back to, and this is something I do once a year and then check in on myself, usually quarterly. It's what, where do I want to take this work? Where do I want to go with it? And what do I want the business to do? Mm-hmm. And and the work in the business, I mean, you could use the same word for that, but some people think about them differently. It's who do I want to touch? What do I want them? How do I want them to transform? What's the best way to to reach them? Which things do I want to do for free? Which things do I want to charge for? How much do I want to charge? Like, as I was listening to you, I mean, you've basically changed your monetization strategy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, exactly. and yeah, you, 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 and we all do this. We fuss with our product service mix. We fuss with our prices. And then we look and see what impact that has on how we're working and our enjoyment factor and what we're taking home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, part of this question is, you know, how do we um, make time and for the big stuff? Like, um, so for you, and I think you talked about this on one of the other shows, how you switched to automating so much. Mm. Like, this was the year of automation. For me, yeah. it's the year of the podcast. For you, it's the year of automation. So how do you, how do you decide 
or on what schedule, if there is a schedule, do you decide to do big things like this shift or like a new course, those those kinds of things? Yeah, that, so annually, um, that's that's sort of like my January, you know, kind of looking back at the previous year, what went right, what could go better, um, what do I want to do with that information in hand, what do I want to do this year. So that's usually once a year. Um, but it does it does raise the question of creating new things and finding time to do that automation and stuff like that because that definitely does take mm-hmm. me time. Um, I created a new I think when I create a new workshop, so I have I automated the process of delivering workshops. So now I've got a framework where I can just pour new content to if I want to make a new workshop, uh, I just have to make the content and then all of the marketing stuff and and almost all of it with the exception of having to uh, make a slack room for it um all of that stuff is kind of like set it and forget it i I did that earlier this year so now i can make more workshops and and i don't have all of the kind of administrative stuff to do to to manually open them and close them and process payments and all of that stuff it's all Mm -hmm. yeah i just i automated all the boring tedious stuff and i can just focus on the fun part which is making the videos interacting with the people in the room when they get there i don't have to worry about opening and closing the the car registration all that stuff it just like goes on a schedule automatically um so how long did it take me to do that i didn't track it but it was it was probably more than it was definitely more than 10 hours it's probably 20 and knowing me if i think it was 20 it was probably 35 <laughs> <laughs> So maybe it took me, call it 40 hours to create this framework for creating a new course. And then I kind of built my own SaaS and, and, but you know, not in a fancy way, just like I kind of built my own SaaS and now I just need to put the content into it and it'll create a new, and a new workshop mm-hmm. will exist. So that took probably, let's say 40 hours it was definitely not more than 40 hours, which means it was probably 60, but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and and then actually creating a course, I just created automatic proposals, I guess it was last month. That probably took 10 or 20 hours to create the first one, the actual content for the first one. Mm-hmm. And that's that sounds about right. So I'm working on email 365 now, and that'll probably be, it'll probably take me 20 hours to create it, but all of the other SaaS framework stuff is done. So, you know, yeah, I'll put maybe fair. 20 hours into it. And yeah, and then off to the races and then I can create my next one. So yeah, and that's part of, so that that fills into those those unscheduled slots in my calendar that, you know, it's like, if you look at my calendar, yeah. it's mostly white. So there are there are times in there when I'm, when I'm doing stuff like that, you know, coding and recording videos and scripts and writing scripts, recording videos, um, you know, putting together the content for a workshop. But again, I, and it's not fair. It, that's super fun for me, but it's definitely yeah. work. Like that category yeah. that classifies as work. I know I'm kind of the same way. It's just it feels like fun, and yeah, it's definitely work. But it's once you make the decision, and you you know that it you're going to get a reception for it. It's like really fun. Yeah, it's right? super fun. Yeah, you're just figuring it out and with your ideal audience in mind. And the, yeah. the difference between. Like to me, the thing that the, the real work thing, the real work thing is client work, because when you're done, you got nothing out of it but the money. So like, yeah, like when you when I, you know, spend 40 hours to create a, a little miniature SaaS for myself and then I spend 20 hours to create a workshop. 
well, I can keep running that workshop with almost no effort. If it, you know, if it goes well and people like it and it's useful, I'll just like keep it just runs forever in theory. So it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I, I feel like the book, or at least my book is, is the same kind of thing. I, I was probably going to do the book in 2022 instead of 2021, but the catalyst was that I had a client suddenly disengage. They had something come up in their life and I'm like, you know what? There is no reason it was the summer. There is no reason. And I'd also just read the book that got me hyped up on it. I'm like, I could just do this now. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. And but what's what's happened is the book kind of to any book that that you do that's evergreen can take on a life of its own. And for people in the expertise space, you know, you, you go on podcasts to talk about your book. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you you basically create your own little podcast tour and at least for me, I, I, I can look at Amazon and, and you know, I, I'm always selling a couple of copies of books. They just, it's on, I don't want to say autopilot because then that's when it shuts off. But <laughs> it feels kind of like regular. So obviously, you know, and I, I hear from people that the book is helping them and they're using the workbook. But that that decision to spend, you know, four really intensive weeks plus maybe another three with the editing and launching process to do that has a payoff that goes for a really long time. Mm, So I would make, you know, I make those kinds of decisions. I tend to make them annually or to think about them annually, but every so often something will capture my attention and I'll say, ooh, and sometimes it's a rabbit hole. I want to explore that. Like these listening tours have been fascinating. Yeah. So I, I've learned so much. And I, I don't feel like it's a rabbit hole. Anytime I can talk to somebody in my ideal space, it's it's gold. Mm. It's absolute gold. That would almost be, a, I, w- I would personally love to hear more about that. We I don't know if we, I don't think we've ever really talked about it on the show. Or like how you do it, how you run them, how you find the people. Um that would be, I don't know if anyone would be interested in that, but I certainly would. Yeah, well, let us know if that would yeah. be interesting. It was really fun. <laughs> I love the name, a listening tour. <laughs> I kept thinking magical mystery tour, but I thought listening might be a better word than that. Wow, dating ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Cool. So I can see that I've been jabbering my jaws like crazy because we're coming up on time. Is there anything that we've, that we've, missed do you think we've answered the question i i think we've answered the question i i mean i i think the question came from a place of god i'm so busy how do i fit all this stuff in and you know and i think we've talked about that pivot as well you know how do you move from being super busy serving your clients to creating time and space it's not just the time it's you need some free headspace Mm -hmm. to start to work on your business that's that's the key yeah, it's true. Yeah, you gotta. It, it takes a little bootstrapping, and there's, but it's doable. Uh, it's not just us. I mean, I'm sure you've done it with with clients. I've done it with students for sure. It's totally doable. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just hard when you're in the midst of it, and yeah, you're feeling like clients are coming at you from all directions, and you're working <laughs> fifty hours a week. And you're like, what? I got to write a book. How the heck am I going to find time for that? I know. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Cool. All right, folks. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time on the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.